Fun fact, Americans spend more than $3 billion on candles each year. Yep, as a whole country, America alone spends $3 billion on candles. So clearly the candle business is booming. So, you know, you might want to get into that if you if you like candles or anything like that. And surprisingly, 35% of candle sales happen during the holidays. While non-seasonal business, it's actually more. You actually get 65% of candle sales. So people buy candles all year round, okay? $3 billion in America alone. I wonder what's happening in other places of the world. How are the candles going? But that is the fun fact of today. $3 billion is spent on candles by Americans alone. Mind blown. Welcome back to our weekly podcast that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from that boring, bulky textbook. I'm your host, Toya, and you're now listening to Season 3, Episode 6 on the History of Candles. Stay lit forever with Daniqua Williams-Clark, who is the founder and creator of Lit Brooklyn, a luxury fragrance company known for their candles. And today we are going to get into everything candles, the history of candles when they first started to help us see to when they declined to when they came back and just talking about how we use it today in this booming billion dollar industry and what is the future of candles. So you want to get into this episode. Black history, folks. Now, I'm excited for today's episode because who doesn't love candles, right? Like, I love them. Lighting them makes me feel relaxed, luxurious, like I've reached a new height of adulthood. You feel me? And I'm also excited about this episode in particular because I love, 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 love the candles made by today's guest. And apparently, so does everybody else and their mama because when she drops a candle on her website, they sell out in minutes, seconds, milliseconds probably. And I'm not exaggerating. That should let you know how good they smell. Like when I went to her website and read Luxury Fragrance, I was like, facts. That is the best way to describe the candle experience when you get a lit Brooklyn candle if you get one, is what I should say. Like dead ass in my old apartment, my roommates used to ask me about the candle and threaten to steal it from me. I'm not even playing. Anyway, I digress because this episode is definitely about lit Brooklyn, but it's about candles in general and the history. Now, before I get into the episode, I do owe y'all a quick apology for my mid-season break with no warning. That was rude. My bad. Y'all know how the end of the year goes, though. You know, I was burnt out. You were probably burnt out and tired. But I'm back now with weekly episodes. And I mean it this time because your girl has hired a team of dope women to help me be a well-oiled, consistent machine. So that was my long ass way of saying I'm back and we're talking about candles today. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at when candles came onto the scene, who invented them, 
what candles were like back in the day versus how they are now and how the invention of electricity affected the candle game. And then, of course, we'll get into the interview segment with our guest, and she will talk about her candle company, and she'll give us some general tips and tricks on burning and putting out your candle properly. Yeah, you might be doing it wrong. <laughs> I know I was. She'll also talk about the importance of knowing what is in the candle that you burn, and we'll just make some connections between self-care and lighting candles, and even give some advice to some folks who might want to dip their toe into this $3 billion industry. As always, the show will begin with me giving you a brief overview of today's topic with definitions, facts, and receipts, what I call the history segment for the first 10 to 15 minutes, and then we'll jump into the interview with today's guest, Daniqua Williams-Clark, who will school us on the present and future of the candle game because history is not only what happened in the past, but it's what's happening this very moment. All right, so let's jump into the history segment. First, let's start with a definition because <laughs> that's just what we do. According to Webster, a candle is usually molded or a dipped mass of wax containing a whip that may be burned as to give light, heat, scent for celebration, and all other types of purposes, religious purposes as well. So that's just the definition of candles, right? They have a mold, they have wax, they have something that burns, it gives you light, and you use it for all different types of occasions. Now let's get into some history. Now candles are considered one of the oldest sources of light, right? Like before there was a light bulb and all that stuff, we were using fire. And then somebody figured out how to create a candle so that the fire would last longer and you can take it places and it wouldn't have to be such a big fire in the middle of your room. And so that is just something we need to think about. Candles is one of the oldest sources of, of light. I never really thought about that. And as old as candles are, interestingly, they haven't changed that much throughout history. It's kind of always been like this mold of wax or fat with something like a wicks or something burning in the middle, like a source of light. Word on the street is the earliest evidence of candles goes back way, way back to like more than 5,000 years ago and is believed to have started in three different places, probably at the same damn time in ancient Egypt and China and then India. Those are the three places. A lot of people side-eye and don't give the candle-making game credit to ancient Egypt as much as China and India because ancient Egypt is known more for torches and this thing called rushlights that didn't have a wick like a true candle. So that's why many historians take ancient Egypt off the list of who created the first candle and focus more on China and India. In China, their early candles were molded in paper tubes using roller rice paper as the wick and wax was created from an ancient Chinese insect that was mixed together with seeds. Okay, China, inventive. And then in India, they made a candle wax by boiling the fruit of a cinnamon tree. So after India and China entered into the candle making game, First, all over the world, different countries started making their own candles using all different types of things to create wax and make whips. So in Japan, for instance, 
Their candle were made of wax that was extracted from trees. And following that, one of the popular materials people used was beeswax. So after beeswax came onto the scene, an interesting candle popped up in the first century. Now, this interesting candle was made from fish. Yeah, you heard me. The candle was made from fish that swim in the ocean. It's called the Uchulon, I think, E-U-L-A-C-H-O-N, which is nicknamed the candlefish. This candlefish was high in body fat, so high in body fat. If you caught it and dried it, it could be lit and used as a candle. So that was the early, or actually that was the ancient candle making game, using fruits and trees and seeds and even fish as a form of wax. It wasn't until the 18th century, that's when, you know, slave trading started, the pilgrims came and discovered America that was in quotes. It was it was a colonization time, a not so wonderful time for indigenous folks, for African folks and all that stuff. So it's not until all this colonizer shit started happening did the first major change in candles happen and created what is known as the first standard candle that we see today. So when the first standard candle came out, it happened to be in the 18th century, right? We talked about colonizers. Also during this time, whale hunting was popping off. And so someone, I don't know who, figured out the crystallized oil of whale sperm could be used for wax. Yeah, you heard me. (laughs) They're using sperm for wax. So, and it's called spermicide. And it became available in large quantities during this time and was used for candle making, which is probably why we have a whale shortage that we have today. But the main reason why people liked and really fucked with this whale sperm wax was because one, it didn't have an odor when it burned and two, it made a brighter light. So once this whale sperm candle appeared, In history, historians noted that as the first standard candle made from whale sperm. That's what I said. Since the late 18th century, other forms of wax have been experimented to make candles, like things extracted from fatty acids from animals and vegetable fats. In 1850, paraffin wax came onto the scene, and it was created by some dude named James Young. Everyone loved paraffin wax. It was popular because it burned super slow. You didn't have to hunt whales, right? It was a white wax that burned clear and it was easy and cheap to produce in bulk. You know, especially in comparison to getting stuff from whales. I just feel like whale hunting probably was a very hard thing to do. So since paraffin burned super slow and was easy to produce, paraffin became a common commodity in households in candles. But paraffin wasn't all it was cracked up to be. There were some serious downsides. The main one being that paraffin was made from petroleum. Yeah, you heard me, petroleum. That's toxic, you know, that toxic shit that's also found in gasoline and diesel oil. Nothing we should be inhaling, but people in the 1850s were. And it definitely isn't good for the environment either, but it was popular and used by many candle companies, even to this day. During the time of the paraffin wax, the wick of the candle also improved because we haven't talked about the wick. We've been focusing on the wax. And so there's been an evolution of experimenting with the wick, which is the thing that 
burns, right? The true light. So over time, it was experimented with paper and hemp and cotton just to try to figure out different burning times. And people started braiding the cotton and infusing the wicks with chemicals that helped to control the speed of the burn and really figured out that you had to burn it and trim it in order for candles to last. The usage of candles declined after the 1880s when Edison created the light bulb. And gradually over time, everybody switched from the good old candle to kerosene lamps or had gas installed or, you know, light bulbs. Since time and even the creation of the light bulb, candles have always had its place in religious celebrations, festivals, birthday cakes. But in terms of everyday use, well, the candle popularity gradually declined in the 1880s and beyond. But today we have come full circle and the candle business is booming once again. Remember that $3 billion in America? Don't forget that. And so candles are very popular. And I think it's because... They've kind of rebranded, right, as luxury, as a form of self-care. But we'll talk about that a little bit more in the interview. And so with this reemergence of candles, there's a shift. People actually want to know and care about the waxes being used due to us giving a lot more fucks about our health and the earth. Us consumers are taking notice and are no longer interested in breathing the toxins given off during the burning process of a traditional paraffin candle. And so during this modern day candle boom, the traditional paraffin candle has been replaced by new waxes and new blends that are better for you, me, and Mother Earth. Wax blends like soy. So that is a brief overview of the history of candles, mostly focusing on the wax. Now let's jump into the interview with Daniqua Williams-Clark, the founder of Lit Brooklyn, a black luxury candle and fragrance company. Her unwavering commitment to make and introduce affordable luxury to her community has allowed the brand to grow like fire. You see what I did there? That pun intended. The Brooklyn native has seen great success since the inception of her brand with international coverage, okay, in print, digital, broadcast on outlets, including Netflix, Essence, Beyonce.com, just to name a few. So, you know what I'm saying? That should let you know that she is fly. Her fragrances and candles are the shit. So let's get into this interview that will focus on the candle and the candle making game now. Hi, Daniqua. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here because you know I love your candles. Like, like Brooklyn is like, they're all up in through my house when I do catch the sales because they, they're flying off the internet shelves here. So, um, so I just wanted to thank you, first of all, for joining me. And then I would love for you to introduce yourself before we started this interview, I already kind of did a history background for my audience, just going over like the old history of candles. And so this part is really about you and just the candle industry and, you know, giving us some tips on how to just use our candles and all the other stuff. So let's just start out with 
who you are and how dope you are. We can give people a little background. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Toya, for having me on your podcast. I always tell people that following your dreams is like the scariest, most liberating thing. So whenever I'm able to just like, I don't know, be a part of someone's success story because this is going to be successful that it's always like a I don't know I love doing it so congratulations to you on your podcast and I'm wishing you all the success in the world so a little bit about me so uh first my name is Daniqua Williams Clark I am a proud very proud Brooklyn native hence the name of my business Lit Brooklyn a little bit about me so I went to University of Albany. I'm an Africana studies major. I'm minored in English. In terms of me being this candle connoisseur, I guess, it's not something that I envisioned. Next month, actually, or I should say December, like six years in business. Thank you. If you would have asked me six years ago or even seven years ago before I even started this business, if candles were something that I was going to be a part or hop into, I would be like, I love candles, but I'm not really sure. What started off as, I guess, a slight obsession um, in college, like I feel like my self-care, I think I was practicing self-care before I even knew that it was actually a thing or it had a name or it had a, like, you know, people coined it self-care. Mm-hmm. Writing my papers and literally balancing out my life, lighting candles was my zen. So after I graduated college, I worked for a little bit in retail. I had a luxury retail job before I launched my business. And being in that luxury space, it really taught me a lot about how I would want my customers to feel, you know, how I want my clients to feel. I also just started to do my research. I was like talking to my, he's my husband now, but he's my boyfriend, my son. Randomly, I was just like, yo, what if I started a candle company? He was just like, that's random, but okay, sure. Um, And that thought catapulted into a lot of research. So in me, wanting to start a candle business, what I realized was a lot of the candles that I loved so much uh, were not loving my body. What I mean by that is that they were filled with toxins. And I was on a mission to, I guess, change, just change how we feel about candles, change what we use and how we use it and what it does to us. So I was on a mission to basically have a clean company. Um, And what that meant was a lot of research, researching what waxes are the best for us to ingest, make sure that the fragrances that we use didn't have any toxins, didn't have any chemicals. And that in itself, in its, in itself turned into like a huge feat because it's not easy to find things that are good for us. You know, we're all in this health craze right now. We're realizing that being healthy and then finding all these things, it's not the easiest. So it was a lot of research at first and not what I expected at all. <laughs> but I think that that's what it is when you boil into business. Once you get deep into it, you realize that it is a lot of research. It is a lot of passion. It is a lot of love that goes into it at first. So yeah, six years later, here we are. I am happy that you love my candles, but I always tell people that it's more than just like a good smelling experience. It's also the confidence that comes with knowing that when you purchase a Lip Brooklyn candle, you are not compromising your health at all. I'm not really sure people are delving into their research in terms of uh, being a Black woman, but I'm a Black woman first before I'm anything else. And you realize that we are affected the most by everything, you know, when it comes to fibroids, when it comes to our sexual health, when it comes to our mental health, our emotional health. Um, A lot of the products that we use in our home, we don't realize how they actually have a huge impact on our, on our bodies. So I just wanted to, you know, change the narrative and just be a part of the, be a part of that story that like, it's cool to start a company, it's cool to run a company, but there's also a, a deeper mission behind it when it comes to the wellness. 
Yes. Um, well, first, congratulations on the six years. That's so big. And I just love your story of how it was like an idea, like a seed, and then it kind of really grew. And you were also able, like in your research, to figure out that there was a problem, like with the candles and them not necessarily being clean and solving that and taking it beyond, you know, just the candle, you know, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially Black entrepreneurs, are trying to solve a problem specifically for our community, you know, like they notice something or they enjoy something and they find out like, oh, you know, it's not good for us and they like reinvent it. So I just really appreciate that. And I'm inspired by stories like that of people who just have an idea and then it just like takes off because, you know, the Brooklyn is taking off. So yes. <laughs> so one of the questions we always start out with after the intro is how you, you know, in your own words, how would you define a candle? How would I define? That's a good question. I think that a candle can possibly be defined as your own piece. I think that like when I think about like the different moments or the different settings that candles are being used in, they're used to like when you come home from work to basically be able to like de-stress. You want to use them when you light a shower. Um, people use candles. I mean, traditionally um, for weddings, for I think it's just like a sign of peace. It's something about seeing a candle that literally just zends you so i would describe a candle probably as a symbol of peace and and yeah you decide what peace looks like to you so that's yeah. a good question yeah that's I've that, before. that was a beautiful <laughs> answer like i definitely agree i definitely think that you know candles is peace and they use them in different you know like you said like all different types of events now i know you said that when you started like brooklyn you did your research but did you ever learn or discuss candles like at all in any of your education like college whatever did you ever talk about candles never other than purchasing them in bulk <laughs> yeah um, i never uh it was never a thought of mine making candles is actually a science and science is not even number three four or five of my favorite subjects so uh <laughs> this was never a thought it just literally was I don't know it's weird I feel like when you're you are connected to something or you feel called to something it just it became more of like a passion project for me like I was just like I gotta figure this out I want to figure this out and this is what I'm doing I remember growing up so my family my background my parents are Guyanese my mom would have like candlesticks all over but they were never to light they were never to like burn they were just for decoration so I even when I was telling like my parents I was going to start a candle company they were just like <laughs> what so it's a lot so yeah to answer your question no I never visualized or not yeah, I'm not even going to lie to you and be like, when I was two years old, I knew I wanted to be a candle maker because that is far from the truth. It was literally, literally something that I stumbled across and it just became something that I researched and I just, you know, just grew a passion to learn more about it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's kind of, I feel like I relate to those people as well who learn later on in life. I know there are some people who are like, I knew since I was two. I was like, I probably figured this out maybe like six years ago. <laughs> and I started my podcast like two years ago. So yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it evolves kind of like your dreams and stuff kind of come to you over time. And exactly. I love that you said that, I mean, well, to your point that like candles are a science, right? And we don't learn about it in school, but I'm like, if they would have, if science class would have had me making some candles, like I probably would have been more interested. Like, right, right. <laughs> like, 
like I think I would pay attention. Actually, the beauty of what's happening right now too, though, like I feel like because a lot of us are not following traditional, you know, ways of life in terms of you know traditional jobs. Like I think that children now and this are being encouraged to follow more artistic, more creative realms. Like, I'm not going to be surprised if five years from now, probably less than that, they're teaching podcasting as like a, you know, as an actual career because it's changing the trajectory of what's normal these days. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the beautiful thing about it. Like, these things are being encouraged. So candle making and podcasting and all these other cool things that we're doing now is probably going to become the norm in like five, five, ten years in school. So. And I'm, I'm excited to see that because I think that that will be really interesting to see how people engage, right? When you start giving them different mediums of like expression and education, it's not just sitting down reading books. I think, you know, everyone learns differently and gets excited in different ways. So I feel like it'll just kind of like diversify how people learn, you know, and education mm-hmm. for the most part. So one of the things that you talked about like early on, and I was so excited that you brought this up. So I was like, yes, it's one of my questions. You know, we were talking about different kind of like the quality of candles and how they can be, depending on how they're made, they can't be the best for you to inhale. And so a lot of my research, they talked about, you know, like really back, back in the day, they were using like whale fat and like all types of different things for wax. And, you know, they, even now they still use different types of stuff, but I know you use soy wax, correct? So I wanted to ask you, you know, what are some of the benefits of soy wax? Like, why did you take that route? And yeah, why did you go with soy? And what are some of the benefits that people should know about? That's a really good question. So soy wax is basically, it's ethically sourced. You know, it's uh, also provides a cleaner burn. So you notice sometimes in candles that may have like paraffin wax, those are more like synthetic materials. Yeah, they don't burn correctly. And also too, with soy wax, when you're burning it, another thing to note too, is that the wick that I use, it's actually cotton. It's a cotton wick. So basically when you use materials that are not natural, what ends up happening is we can't see this, but scientifically, if we have like a microscope, if you are burning a candle on something that is like synthetic, you literally see like particles literally like in, we can't see them with the naked eye, but you literally see particles. And what happens is these particles are we're ingesting them. You know what I'm saying? And then you think about like how allergies are formed or like, I spoke a lot about earlier on today about there's something called hormone disruptors. And, you know, being a woman, we don't realize like a lot of women, they suffer from fibroids, they suffer from PCOS, they suffer from all these different things. And your daily product that you're using on a day-to-day basis actually feed this thing that's growing inside of you, you know? So soy wax was the cleanest Coconut wax, I'm also doing my, my research on that also, but soy wax is the cleanest alternative in terms of what to use. So that was mainly my my first choice. It's good for you and it also burns cleanly. You you see a cleaner burn when you're burning your candles. It's also a cleaner, slower burn. So your candle technically lasts longer and it's more even when it's uh when it's lit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, why did you use soy? So I'm really happy that I was able to like figure that out. So you know. I already just said, like, you know, back in the day before electricity, candles were used, like, you know, to see at night. And then they kind of, once electricity came into the game, you know, like Edison came on and people stopped using candles for the most part. But now, like today, in my research, they say it's like a 3.14 billion in like industry annually, like candles bring in that much money. Ooh, okay. Like, you know, pretty good. I believe it. 
why do you think candles are so popular nowadays? I feel like it, it definitely is like a thing that people are really, really into. I know it's partially because of you and a lot of other companies that are making some real good, smell good candles. But um, what's your theory behind the popularity of candles nowadays? That's a good question. I really just think that right now people are prioritizing themselves mm -hmm. and uh, it's something that we really weren't pushed to do. So with priority and taking care of yourself, you are, you care about how your house looks, you care about how you smell, you care about how you look, you care about how certain things make you feel. And I know what candles do to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I have literally, before I even started a candle company, there were candles all over my home. So it's just like, I, it just goes back to the peace that it creates. I think that it's like, it literally forms a zen. Like you've never seen, I'm pretty sure you've probably seen the meme on social media where they were like, there's nothing like a candle burning in a clean home. Like if your crib looks crazy, you're not about to, like a candle lit, it don't even feel right. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> something about you prioritizing just good shit around you. I think that that's what it is. And I love it. I love the fact that people are taking care of themselves. They care how their homes smell. They care how they look. They care about, you know, self. Like when you feel good, you do good things. So it literally is just this time that we're in right now where we're forced to focus on ourselves, which is a beautiful thing, honestly. So I think that might be why people are like, you know, why candles are doing what it's doing right now in the industry. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're, I totally agree. When I was writing this question, I was like, I think maybe like the whole self-care thing, what you're talking about with peace, like everyone trying to take care of themselves and counteract just like the everyday stress of being in a pandemic, fighting mm -hmm. racism, like, all that stuff. Like this is like people mm -hmm. trying to get back to themselves and, you know, I think meditation, all that candles, yeah, all connected. And it's all like, people are just trying to create, like you said, peace. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it down to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So in terms of your candles, I'm obsessed, right? My favorite ones are Home and 1989. Those are my favorite smelling ones. And I know you can't tell us like your secrets and like all the other stuff. But in general, like what is your process for coming up with some of these dope scents? And like, what are your inspirations? That's a really good question. Everything inspires me. I think that like, it's so crazy. Like we think that we have to dig so deep in order to find ourselves or to like really be inspired by things but it's like day-to-day -day activities really inspire me like it's something about like it sounds so cliche or so silly but it's something literally as much as walking outside feeling the different textures of like the trees or the leaves or like conversations with people um I know when I go away on vacation I'm a Pisces I love being by the water and it's something that it does to me so like and I go, when I go on vacation, it fuels me. I don't necessarily have to like, you know, hop on a flight for, you know, inspiration, but it's all around me. Home actually was, it's still in my top, I guess my top. I mean, it's so hard to choose, you know, like, I feel like yeah. my kids are all my children. So I know, like, your babies. <laughs> when I first launched Lit, Home was definitely it for me because it just, and I named it Home because that's what it, felt like to me like I felt like I wanted wherever you lit this candle I wanted to be reminiscent of home like I want that's what it to feel like but yeah life inspires me to be honest with you like I'm so inspired by everything and I think that when we find the beauty and we see the beauty in things it's literally the simple things in life that make shit what it is I I agree someone asked me that too they're like how are you inspired I was like everything around me like I do like <laughs> I know that's cheesy but it's true <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. 
That's 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 really great, you know, because I think that I love those moments when I'm like, I'm like ooh, ooh, I have an idea, and I like write it down. <laughs> so you know, and I love. I feel like I can smell the love in your candles. You know, I know that you can pour them. Can you tell us a little bit about that process of like? Why have you decided to hand pour them versus like maybe going to a factory or maybe that's a longer term goal? Yeah. Can you give us some insight into your process of actually making the candle? So I think it's, I find enjoying it. I'm not going to lie to you. I do have a few, you know, rules with, for myself before mm-hmm. I pour candles. Like I'm never in a bad mood when I'm in the process of pouring candles because I do firmly believe that energy is transferable. Mm-hmm. So the vibe has to be right in my studio when I'm pouring and uh, Eventually, down the line, my wrists are gonna be out of commission. <laughs> my wrists are gonna be out of commission. But I think hand poured it just makes it that more special. You know, when I feel like when people feel like it's more, it's more love into it to me at least. You know, like with the expansion of Lit Brooklyn, like I would I wanted to continue to be hand poured. Obviously, not all by me anymore, but like I just think it's just it's just special. I think that. And this is like no knock to like the bigger brands and eventually maybe I will get there one day, but I don't know. I just think that I love this process right now. And I think that's what made people fall in love with Live Brooklyn in the first place. So I just want to, you know, keep key elements in the process of the building of, of, of the business for the most part. Yeah, I, I love that too. That's why I feel like I can smell the love like from the scent selection. I feel like everything is so intentional until you actually, um, and you know, sometimes on your Instagram stuff, you show the behind the scenes of like you setting mm-hmm. up and like you actually pouring the hot wax into like, you know, the candles. Mm-hmm. It's like an art form really. And yeah, I, I appreciate it giving us a little bit of behind the scenes. And I really, I really like that. But like you said, I know your wrists ain't going to be in the game forever. <laughs> Listen, I remember I used to handwrite thank you notes. I think for the first four years, I think I stopped like a year and a half ago. And it's just like, I, something has to give, you know what I'm saying? But there's still like that little, there's key elements that I, I do want to keep. And I wish I could handwrite all the, the the messages, but it's, some things have to give, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, if I'm going to do it all, like, I think it will be fine without a handwritten note, even though I do love it. It's something so cute and so dope about having something personalized but with keeping it hand poured I guess that's how I give that's the give and take with that yeah, yeah. Your, your signature is in the pouring so what are some candle burning tips that you have for the folks out there who you know just need to learn some things I've learned some things from your Instagram <laughs> about like you know burning properly tunneling and stuff but maybe you can explain some of that to people what is yeah. your you know, when someone gets a candle, what do you think, how do they take care of it? Or if they relight a candle, what should they be doing? Because I feel like I'm, I'm messing it up. <laughs> oh, that's such a good question. I, I, you, you are asking some really good questions. Like I've never been asked this before. Thank you. Um, of candle care in particular, but I think the number one thing is the tunneling. You have to give your candle enough time to actually burn straight across the surface. What I mean by that is that like when you light your candle for the first time, we are creating the impression. So imagine, and I get it, you know, things happen. Like we might have to run out the door for a meeting. We might blow it out prematurely. Like things happen, right? But the first intention, the first time that you burn a candle, you want to light it and the top layer of the candle should all be liquid before you extinguish it. The reason you're doing that is because like I said before, you're creating the memory. So if I didn't, if the liquid didn't get around the the whole top surface and it only got partially 
the next time you light the candle, that's the memory of the candle. So it's only going to burn within it's that diameter. Cool. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that was, that's, I think that's my key. One of the key things with candle care. And also obviously don't burn your candle near a draft. Uh, obviously for more reasons than one, you don't want to start a fire in your home. Never leave a candle unattended. I know we, you know, we light a candle, we walk away from the, try not to do that. You're going to burn a candle, make sure that you, you know, someone is in the in the area because there their accidents can happen at any time and to trim your wick before you before you light it again so wick trimming is very important what ends up happening sometimes if you light your candle you blow it out it can mushroom at the top of the wick and then when you relight it again you'll see like you know smoke because you didn't take that mushroom part but yeah those are my top tips Oh, you know, you just like my light bulb just went off because I definitely mushroom my candles. And I'm like, what is all this smoke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to like trimming your wick is very important. It also helps with the with the wick integrity too. And also too, another thing, you don't want to burn your candles from longer than four hours because you can affect the scent. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people understand that. And the best way for me to explain that is imagine having, I don't know, something boiling on the stove, right? the temperature is going to keep going and going and going. And then after a while, like if you were to leave a pot of water on the stove, the water evaporates, what happens? It's, it burns. It burns. Yeah. So four hours is enough time to not allow, I guess, the temperature to rise higher to mess with the scent. If yeah. That makes sense. yeah. I guess so you burn out. So basically you're burning out the scent if it's like four hours plus. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're over burning it, I mean, you can burn it for more than four hours, but I would just say, like, just to be careful with that. Mm -hmm. That's my tip. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I learned so much. I did not know. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. So I know that you also have worked with a lot of like dope brands, right? Like Truly and stuff like like making, and you, you're like in the, you be in the like PR boxes for different shows and stuff. Like, you know, you're everywhere. So, how do you figure out the sense for those type of collaborations or like, is it based on conversation or like, do they give you, depending on what it is, like, do they allow you to just figure it out? Like, so when you do your own candles, that's your process. But when you start working with other people, how do you, yeah. How do you curate a smell for a brand or. That's, that's a good question. Um, because you mentioned the truly uh, collaboration. So what I loved about the truly team is that they let me take full range on the creativity behind the project so they had a flavor a lemonade flavor coming out that they came, that came out for the summer and they wanted to have a candle smell just like the what it tastes like what the flavor tastes like i guess that's yeah. which how you want to say it so they sent me some samples of the lemonade truly before it came out you know and i you know i went through my process i tasted it i visualized like okay boom how can we transfer what this tastes like, what this smells like, and translate it to a candle that people would want burning in their home? So I got into my lab, like I like to call it, and I just started to mix and create scents, sent it over for approval, and then we just went from there for the most part. But a lot of collaborations for me, it can't work without trust. You know, like obviously, like if we're collaborating, it has to be a level of trust, it has to be a level of understanding. You have to trust that I know what I'm doing and I have to trust that you know what you're doing. Like if we go into, I treat it like a relationship. Like there has to be some level of, the reciprocity has to be there in a sense. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason that you came to me. There's a reason that I agreed to work with you. So let's just do what we both do respectfully and go from there. People make collaborations harder than what they seem to be. We have to think about the bigger picture and the bigger picture for the Truly Collab was to do something that they have never done before. Create a candle for 
of flavor of a hard seltzer that they had coming out. And for me, it was cool to work with a brand that people love regardless. So it was a win-win, honestly. Yeah. That sounds like a, the perfect collaboration because I think like you said, like yeah. relationship. And if I'm the candle maker, let me do the candle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You're the brand, you do the brand stuff. So yeah, I love that you said that because I think, like you said, like collaborations can be complicated. But I also think, you know, obviously you're kind of, you're like a scientist to a certain extent and a candle maker. So you understand the science behind it. And it's like really dope that you like that you do all that. For anyone interested in joining the candle making game, because we're getting us tips for people who like burning candles. But what about the people who want to make their own candles? What are some tips you would give them if they want to, if they're interested in like starting their own candle line or just making some candles for the holidays? Like, what would you tell them? Number one, research your ingredients. I think that's to me the most important tip, the most important tip, whether you're making it for fun or you want to start your own candle business, definitely research the ingredients before you think about selling it. Because I think that's Number two is, I don't know, just have fun. I think with any bit, like even if you weren't starting a candle business, if you were starting a business in general, have fun. I think that I didn't start this to, I didn't, I didn't even envision that this is what uh, Lib Brooklyn would have became. Don't do it for the money. Do it because you want to, you know, make a difference or you want to solve a problem. The money will always be there. Like no matter how you twist and you turn it, money always finds its way to us. God is always creating opportunities. So don't start with money being your goal. I think research is super important. I think that having fun is always equally important also. And yeah, I think just having fun and just doing your research. That would be my, my number two tips, my two tips. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, like I think capitalism sometimes can take the fun out of a lot of things, you know, because you can start- It does take the fun out of it. You know what I mean? It takes the fun out of it. So it's like, I think it's, people need to like remember that. And yeah, the money will come. And, you know, the process and everything else is more important because that will also allow you to stick to it, right? They say build it and they will come and find your own niche. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that it's so cool when we can all be in an industry and someone or everyone offers something a little different, you know, like it doesn't necessarily, whatever business you decide to do, like, I think it's always the people who find their own lane that actually end up succeeding you know like because you you found your niche you found your way like I think even this podcast like I think (laughs) this is such a dope concept the fact that you before you interview anyone you do your research you find out fun facts you find out cool things your questions are so amazing and I think that's your niche you know what I'm saying like you found if there's no I don't at least for me I've never heard a podcast similar to this so I think that that's kind of dope on your end so so congrats you again so much i really appreciate that i really welcome thank you so much i actually when you were talking like i just was like uh like i was thinking i was like when did i first learn about lit brooklyn and i don't know when i first learned about it but i remember i went to an event it was like in december in new york city i think it was like your one year or your two year I met one of my closest friends that I um, still talk to at this event. My friend Jasmine, she does a creative woman build. I met her there. Like we both just happened to work. Oh, yeah. And we met there and we have been friends. Like we literally exchanged numbers and we have been friends ever since. So like, that's so fire. <laughs> and that was, and then we were there, we're all chilling. And then your boyfriend at the time proposes. <laughs> yes. So that was my two year. Yeah. That was 2017. Yeah, that was my two year. It that was a let me tell you something. 
Mm-hmm. I tell everyone who was at that event, that was the coldest day. It was cold. <laughs> I remember that. Ever. It was like six degrees outside. And that, first of all, that proposal caught me so off guard. Like, I was just like, wait, what is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening right now? No, that, that's so dope. I think, yeah, that was two years. That was in, it was in the city. It was at a furniture store. My friend, Shakaya, she actually worked there. And I actually remember walking into the store and I was like, can I have an event here? And she was like, yeah, sure. Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, shout out to you and Jasmine still <laughs> keeping in contact. That's, I love to hear that. That is so fire. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm going to interview her for my podcast. She was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yes, I love that. Thank you for even bringing that up and just reminding me of that. That's so fire. I, I wish... Damn, that was four years ago. That is so crazy. That is so crazy. Time really flies. It really does. <laughs> and like now you're married. So it's like you I saw the proposal and like, you know, and also just like the evolution outside of just that. Obviously, that's a big thing. But just the evolution mm-hmm. as a businesswoman, you know, as a candle maker, it's just been like really beautiful to see the thank you the joy that you pour into it. And I also want to let you know that, you know, when you're talking about all the clean products with the candles and everything. I actually, you actually inspired me to get rid of a lot of my products because I remember you did a post about oh, kind of like clean, I think, I'm not even in the middle of the pandemic. I don't even know. Maybe that was last year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And you like did a post of like the different things that you use and like how toxic they were. And I was like, okay, let me throw out this comment. Like, let me go, like, let me get some methods. And I really tried to, for the most part, I'm still working on everything, but really try to like have some, a lot of clean products in my household you know and I also have a dog so I gotta make sure I'm not like putting some crazy stuff on the floor um like for myself my partner and for my for my puppy so I really appreciate that because I never really thought about it I don't think a lot of people know or even realize you know they don't educate us on that on at all like the everyday things that we use that we smell that lives in our house with us and how that can you know affect us internally like we don't see that but you know over time different things come up in our health and, you know, it could be connected to those things or it could be making it worse. You know what I'm saying? Those things that you're using that are pretty almost poisonous to a certain extent. So absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think, well, that, that makes me feel really good because I, I was literally like, if it's one person that I can help or change, because I got to get better at that also, too, because I feel like there's so much information that I can share. But it's just it's the idea of just committing to sharing on a daily basis that is tiring sometimes, but I don't think people really take that into account. Like the shit that we, it's around us. It's a lot of things. Like I remember, and I've been this way since I can remember. Um, I remember back in college, I was like, I'm not the toothpaste that I'm using, the soap that I'm using. I was always this person. um, My mom laughs at me all the time. That's why when I, in August, when I had my little health scare, my mom was like, what happened? Health freak. And I was just like, (laughs) wow. But it's little things that like we don't even realize. It's like even like in terms of like the amount of alkaline in our water. It's like, but we're all a learning process. You know what I'm saying? And the way that we do get better as a community is when we do find out information, we share it and we just, you know, there's no gun to your head to do what people suggest, but it's also it doesn't hurt to try, you know. And we're all trying, we're all guilty of doing certain things but I think if we're making one step closer to being better human beings for ourselves and then the world the world eventually will catch on so that's dope 
Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I don't want to get too much into this, but also like, you know, like you said, like, no, we're, all trying. we're all trying. And I think, you know, it's sad that we have to do all the research, you know, it's like, what's the point of all these regulations, right? If you're not really going to put the people at the forefront in terms of our health, right? So like, it's, exactly. it's, so it's also about like, you know, I, like for anyone who's not into, you know, the health products or just learning about this listening, you know, it's also just kind of like unfair that we have to go above and beyond to get healthy things for ourselves. It should be, absolutely. Kind of like, it should be in the grocery store and I can just grab it. You know, I shouldn't have to do all this. Absolutely. Um, so it, it really sets people up in an unfair way to not even know what's going on and that this thing is not good for them. And I feel like, you know, the government should tell us. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. But I mean, with as with anything, <laughs> these are things that we don't aren't traditionally taught. But a lot of the ways for us to survive, even in terms of like being healthy and just making the right choices, we got to look back at what our ancestors were doing. You know what I'm saying? Like go back to those old routes. Like during the pandemic, I bought a, a juicer <laughs> and I have been juicy on it. Like I've literally been, and it, it brings me back to my childhood. I remember going to the grocery store with my grandmother on Saturdays and we used to juice. And I'm like, yo, this shit is disgusting. But then I realized, no, it's like I'm, you turn into your grandparents. Like yeah. as you get older, you realize this is what I need to do to, to cure myself. And I just love the fact that we're taking our health into account, you know? And when I started Lit, Lit, like if I can add to that conversation or I can help to that conversation, or I can even get you thinking about wellness or what you ingest. I have done my job, you know, and I think that that's the most important thing. Like we should be checking labels before we bring things into our home. You know, I don't even know if people realize this, but in your targets and your marshals and your home goods, if you look at the candles that they have on the shelves, people also have to take this into account. Also candles are $6, $10. And it's just like, do you realize that none of these candles that are this cheap, tell you what's inside of them yeah but they smell good right they smell good this is why we go based off of that we need to like literally delve in and do a little bit more research and literally hold bigger box companies accountable for letting us know what is in what we're buying I remember when I first started my business and you know I listed my candles at what they were people were just like why am I paying more than ten dollars for a candle like she's bugging <laughs> when you realize and you sit down and you think about it like the things that are meant for us or are good for us, it actually, it does cost a lot more. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, sometimes we just have to think about, we just have to think about things and we really have to just ask ourselves questions and ask other people questions also when it comes to what comes inside of our homes. So. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. Like, you know, this conversation is like about candles, but it's about wellness. It's about absolutely care. And those, all those things are connected. So and that's like at the root of what keeps you motivated. It's not necessarily mm -hmm. actual candle, but like solving a problem, allowing people to smell something good that's clean and not detrimental to their health. So I just like, you know, I came in a history of candles. Like I might have to change the topic of this, of this podcast. <laughs> so wellness or something. Um, so the last signature question that I always yes. ask my guests is if you got an opportunity to write a chapter in a textbook about candles, what would you name that chapter and why? Once again, with the good questions. Okay. <laughs> An opportunity to write a chapter in a textbook on the history of candles. I think that the, 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 the top, the title of my chapter would be how candles save lives, how, how candles have been saving lives since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And what that means is there's a saying that I say it's stay lit forever. 
And what that means is in every aspect of whatever you do to find your inner flame, because we all have one, and to forever keep it lit, keep people around you that motivate you, that push you, whatever it is that you have to do to remember why you started, keep that flame lit and to always stay lit forever. So that would be the chapter of my textbook. Because if you think about even in history, like you mentioned earlier, people using candles before we had electricity, that was someone's brain that clicked to make that, to keep them going. So that would be, yeah, that would be the preface of my, my textbook, my chapter in my textbook. Wow. I love that. Stay lit forever. I do. Yeah. I've seen that on your website and now I know all the meaning behind it. So yes. <laughs> before we wrap and like get off this call, I just wanted to let you have an opportunity to tell people where they can find you, how they can support you. You know, if you have any exciting projects or anything like that, you can obviously plug us in so we can check that out. But yeah, like, I mean, you know, and I'll also in the show notes, I always share like websites and social media Perfect. of the person, but you can also just plug yourself in here as well. So let us know where we can find you. How can we get these candles? Because y'all, these candles be selling out. Okay. She like puts them on the website at a certain time and like five minutes later, they're gone, you know? So, okay. So where you can find the candles first is on the website. So it's going to be www.litbklyn.co. Our Instagram is litbklyn. You can also find us over on Twitter. I'm going to be better on Twitter. That's my, that's one of my goals for the new year. If I had any tips, to getting the candles. I'm going based off of, I remember making a post and one of my customers who has never missed a drop said that her tip is to log onto the website two minutes before the time of the drop. So if I have a 7 p.m. drop, log on at 6.58 and to have multiple windows open. All right, all right. (laughs) That would be one of the tips. I still have not mastered anything because there are, I don't even have a Telfar bag yet because I cannot master getting on the website quick enough. So I tried to use a tip that somebody else gave me for someone else's website and I still can't figure it out. So, (laughs) but depending on the time that this interview comes out, I have a collaboration that's literally going (laughs) to blow people's mind because they're not going to expect it, which is part of like the Lit Brooklyn staple. Like I feel like we, I, I, I make the decision to collaborate with people that number one are killing it respectfully in their own field, but also that people would never expect. And I think that this collaboration, I have, I was, I thought about this at the top of this year and it has been, it's going gonna, gonna to blow you guys' mind. That's all I have to say. Like when it comes out, just remember I wish I could squeal. I wish I could say it, but just remember, I think, yeah, I said it here. I said it on the that wasn't in my textbook podcast. That the collaboration that's coming out at the top of 2022 is going to be insane, and I can guarantee that no one is going to see this coming. <laughs> I swear. I'm excited. Thank you for sharing that. I got the exclusive. I feel real great right now. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. I love all your answers. I can't wait for people to hear this episode. <laughs> yes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I like really appreciate it. And like I said in the beginning of this interview, like I wish you all the success. And any way that I can support you, please let me know. And I'm only one text, email, call away. <laughs> thank you.
And that is the conclusion of season three, episode six on the history of candles. Stay light forever. I loved her explanation of that, just to keep going, to keep that fire burning, the passion in you no matter what. What a great interview with Daniqua. I really enjoyed that conversation and loved how it evolved from candles to self-care, which included paying attention to what type of wax and ingredients are in our candles, to paying attention to the products we use and inhale in our homes and into our bodies. So that was just like, a it was a great full circle conversation. I just showed how everything is connected and self-care is a new thing that's here to stay and candles... They've been here forever and they will always be a light for us. Now, as usual, I encourage you to check out the show notes or head over to thatwasntinmytextbook.com to review the notes, but most importantly, to get today's guest social handles, check out their website, and so we can support her and Brooklyn Lit. Follow Daniqua, Brooklyn Lit, all over the interwebs and definitely subscribe to get an email from her for when those candles drop. You don't want to miss that. And before you end this episode, before you press that stop button, you know, I see you about to press that button. Please make sure to leave a review if you haven't already. Share this with a friend or on IG or Twitter. I would really, really appreciate that. And of course, follow That Wasn't In My Textbook all over the interwebs. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode and into this season. Make sure you subscribe. Of course, don't forget to come back next Friday for a brand new juicy history topic. And until next time, remember, knowledge is power.